Um, can we turn to Proverbs 18, please? Proverbs 18 and verse 21. <coughs> Proverbs 18 and verse 21. You know, it says a very strange thing. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, have you thought about that? Death and life being in the power of your tongue, meaning the words that we speak. So it says here, those who love it will eat its fruit. In the sense, if I, if I want to speak life, then I will eat the fruit or get the result, which is life. Or I can continue to speak death and the result or the end result would be death. You know, many times we, we, we don't ponder, we don't pause to think about the words that we speak. Right? We utter it, just comes out of us. Maybe we are talking to people, maybe we are talking to our children. Maybe we are, you know, just speaking words over our own lives. Over our own lives. You know, I'll never amount to much. I'll always be like this. We will always be like this. And so on. But scripture is very clear, very categorical. It says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. And I think as a church, we've been walking in that as a culture to declare the word of God, to declare the word of God over our own lives, over various situations. And let me tell you that the situation where we are called to declare the word will not be the ideal one. Right? God bring, brings us to a place and, and all you see around are, is death. When I say death, I mean negative circumstances, things that are not going so good. And in that situation, in that place, we are called to declare life. Declare life. So next time we encounter a situation like that, a circumstance like that, just remind yourself, oh, this is the best place for me to declare life. This is the best situation for me to declare life. Just go ahead and declare life. Now, we might not feel like declaring life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, your emotions say, just keep quiet and sit down. We might not feel like it, but we can choose to declare. Amen. Many times in scripture, we see people who chose to do something, even though emotionally they could not handle it. Right? So we choose to declare life. We choose to declare the word of God, and we will see the end as uh, the end or the result of, uh, of what we declare. Amen. So uh, why don't we lift our Bibles high, uh, stand up, and make our declaration this morning. You know, what you're holding in your hand, something precious, something powerful. Amen. Uh, centuries old, but still new, but still Packed with power. This is God's word. 
this is god speaking to me i am who god says i am i can do what god says i can do i will become everything god has promised i'm saved healed delivered redeemed i am blessed victorious prosperous triumphant i'm a minister of god a servant of christ and a channel of his blessing to many people i receive his word i believe his word and i live by his word christ is my master and to him i am in absolute surrender in jesus name amen amen shake hands with the person next to you and say you are a blessing speak words of life you are a blessing it could be your spouse declare that you are a blessing when was the last time you declared to your spouse that he or she was a blessing right just now <laughs> okay <clears throat> you know proverbs you see he finds a good thing he finds a wife finds a good thing amen all the wives are going amen but the same is true of husbands as well when you find a spouse you find a good thing you obtain favor from god so the husband who's there the wife who's there a blessing from god so declare that you are a blessing not only in church but monday through saturday as well okay today uh, from from the sunday we're doing a short series on prayer and how many of you think prayer is exciting prayer is exciting okay uh some of us here on the balcony no hands good uh you're being uh, truthful that's good you know whenever we think of prayer you know uh, this person comes to my mind uh his name is mike bickle um and you know, he became a believer uh very excited about the lord very excited about doing ministry and he wanted to do that and so people uh told him you know um, you need to pray you need to spend time in prayer so mike bickle would um, uh, he decided okay everybody's saying i need to have a prayer life i need to pray so uh, he was in college so he locked himself in his room and he said every day uh, from 8 to 9 i'm going to pray every day uh, 8 pm to 9 pm every night i'm going to pray so the first uh, you know night he locked himself and he, he set the clock and, and he said okay i'm going to pray and he started at 8 o'clock right he started praying for everything around he started praying for himself for for his future wife and for studies and everything and uh, slowly opened his eyes and looked at the clock and what do you suppose the time was 85 <laughs> he said oh this is not working at all you know oh and then the next night he tried again okay prayed for everything made a long list prayed for everything and uh, slowly opened his eyes and looked at the clock it was 83 and he cried out from the depths of his heart he cried out and said god you know this is so boring i can't do it why do i have to pray and mike bickle says you know at that moment he actually prayed at that moment when he cried out when he was being just being real before god and saying god i can't do this he prayed and a prayer is our cry it's not just nice words you know many times in the psalms we see psalmist saying god where are you 
Have you forsaken me? Where are you, God? We are being true, honest, from the depths of our heart, our cry goes to God. And scripture says that his ears are open to our, to our cries. His, his ears are open all the time. So prayer is something which is very exciting. It's a conversation with God, but it's much more than that. It's, it's a conversation with God. It's us pouring our heart to him. And also, God fellowshipping with us. Him pouring, God pouring his heart to us when we hear from him. So it's an exciting thing. So prayer is much more than just a conversation. It's a very intimate conversation. It's communion with God. Prayer is also warfare. Because when we pray, when we declare certain things, there's stuff that is happening in the spiritual realm. So prayer is also warfare. And prayer is also a way of serving. You you might say, how is that? Because when we go before God, who is our friend, and we go to him on behalf of our friends, and that we call as intercession, and we are actually serving others through prayer. Right? Now, not many people will see us in that place of prayer. We might think, you know, nobody's watching. Do people know something is happening? No. But God, who is in the secret place, he's listening. Because his ears are always open to our prayers. Always open to our prayers. It could be a spoken word. It could be an unspoken word that comes out as a sigh. But his ears are always open. Always open. That's our God. You know, have you had a conversation with uh, someone who's not really listening? Yeah? Uh, now spouses, can you, can you just <laughs> respond? You know, you know, you're talking and this person is nodding. But you know that it's not really, you know, they're not really taking it in. Right? That's not our God. He says his ears are open to our cries. Now, sometimes when we pray, we, we think, oh, that didn't sound like much of a prayer. Right? We want a beginning and a you know, middle section and an end and so on. We want to put it all together nicely. It's good if we can do that. But it's really a heart's cry and God hears us all the time. We have the assurance of God hearing our prayers. And the assurance also, he promises to answer. He promises to answer. That's the best part. And his answer is always best. He promises to answer. He hears our cries and, his, and he promises to answer. Okay, so this morning we're going to look at just one aspect of prayer, which is intercession, which is going before God and serving others through prayer, right? And um, let's look at um, Colossians chapter 4, Colossians 4 and uh, verses 12 and 13, says, uh, Paul writes to the church in Colossae and he's talking about this person, Epaphras, right? Epaphras. And he says in verse 12, Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ, greets you, 
always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Verse 13, for I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. Right? He says, Epaphras, who's one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you and he's always laboring fervently in prayer. We see some interesting words there. Laboring. What is labor? Work, right? Hard work. So he's saying this person, Epaphras, is laboring and fervently, full of zeal, diligently, earnestly. He's, he's laboring, he's working. And how is he working? In prayer. He says here, he's laboring fervently that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That we may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So he's praying for that church. He's praying for people of God. He's praying, let them be perfect. Let them stand complete, O oh God, in all your will. So prayer is, is actually laboring, right? Um, so we, you might not, we might not have seen it that way, but prayer is, is hard work. It is coming to a place of saying, you know, I'm going to pray for this person. I'm going to pray for the needs of this person. And he's, it's not just, uh, you know, just saying a few words, but praying fervently. Fervently, diligently, with everything within us. Wanting the best for that person. God, I pray that this person will be perfect and complete in all your will. So that is what Epaphras was doing. And um, so uh, it's a great ministry. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. The Lord Jesus, he kind of, um, you know, narrows down how we should pray. And he says this, Matthew 6 and verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So the Lord says, you know, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like people who are pretending to be something that they are not or pretending to do something, their heart is not in the right place. He's saying, don't be like them. They love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corners of the streets, prominent places. And the reason is this, because they want to be seen and heard by men. The Lord is saying, don't be like that. But when you pray, you go to the secret place. If you want to pray or if you want to intercede, go to the secret place and pray. And he's saying that the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So that's the promise we have. That's the promise we have, that the Father who sees us praying in secret will reward us openly. There is definitely a reward for all prayer that's happening, all fervent prayer that's happening in secret. I'm sure there must be many of you who've been praying for various things, and probably, you know, you've been praying in secret. You've been interceding in secret. And you've been going time and again to that prayer closet and saying, God, you know, this is a need. 
for my brother, for my sister, for my family, for my friend, God, won't you intervene? You know, be encouraged this morning. Scripture says, the father who sees in secret, no one else has seen, no one else knows that, what you've been doing. But the father who sees in secret will reward you openly. There is a reward. Maybe it's for someone who is not saved. Maybe it's various things. But you've been faithfully going and praying. And the promise from scripture is this. The father who sees in secret will reward you openly. But the thing is this, that our motives are clear. We don't pray because we want to be heard by people, but we pray because there is a need and we pray because we know that God who sees us will re- reward us. Our prayers also ascend like incense before God. Our prayer, God hears us, prayers actually go before him. Right? If you can visualize that, you know, if you have a smoke machine and there's smoke coming up, right? Smoke always comes up, incense coming up. Our prayers go before him like that. Even now, maybe there are some, some of you who are, you know, who have something in your heart and you haven't told anyone and, you know, it's within your heart. But God hears it loudly and clearly. It's going before him like incense, something that is fragrant, something that cannot be missed. When there's incense, you know, you can't miss it. You can't miss it. You just put it in one corner of the hall. It just fills the entire place. Can't miss it. It's going before our Father like incense. And uh, Revelation chapter 5 talks about this. Uh, 5 and verse 8. Now when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Again in Revelation 8 verses 3 and 4. Then another angel having a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hands. So our prayers ascend like incense before God. So when we pray for someone, it is going before God. When we intercede for someone, it is going before Him. So it's not a waste of time. It's not a waste of effort. When you labor, when you, you and I, when we labor in prayer. But here are some things that we need to keep in mind that when we pray, when we have a ministry of prayer, prayer, that we do not brag about it. Right, we just go and don't go around saying, "Okay, uh, you know, I've got a ministry of prayer, and uh, you know, uh, just give me a prayer request. I'm going to pray, and I pray so many hours, and I spend so many hours in prayer." We don't brag about it, and we also, you know, promote ourselves. We also don't promote ourselves. Those are some things that we need to keep in mind. Let's look at Ephesians six and verse eighteen. Ephesians chapter six and verse eighteen. Uh, Paul, um, and he throws some of light on intercession. You know, when we pray, praying for other believers. Ephesians 6 and verse 18 says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given 
that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So Paul is saying, you know, pray for me. Pray. This is my desire that people everyone, people everywhere would pray. The churches everywhere would pray. Praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Being watchful to this end. Being alert in prayer. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So he's calling us, he's saying, you know, and, we, and we can learn something from here. Paul is saying, pray for all the saints. Pray for all the believers. And, and how should we pray? Pray with perseverance. Pray with all kinds of prayers. Maybe it's intercession. Maybe it's with thanksgiving. Maybe it's a petition. Come before him and pray. And he says, pray in the spirit. Verse 19, he says, you know, pray for this. I have this prayer need. He says, pray that utterance may be given. In other words, he's saying, you know, when I go, when I want to go and preach, just pray that I will have the right words to speak. Pray that utterance may be given. So maybe you have friends who are ministering. Maybe you know the pastors and you can pray. Say, pray that utterance may be given, Lord. That they will know what to say. What to preach. Pray that utterance may be given. That I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. So he says, not only utterance, not only may I know what to speak, but may I say it with all boldness. So he's saying that I may make it known boldly. Romans 15 and verse 30 and 32, 30 to 32 again, he's saying, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. That you strive together. Strive means to work hard at something, right? Means to work, try very hard to do, to achieve something. It involves some serious effort and energy. So he's saying, strive with me. Strive together with me. In prayers to God for me. So we, you know, all of us, we are here as believers and um, as disciples of the Lord Jesus in following the Lord. And this is a question that I ask myself. You know, have I strived in prayer. When was the last time I did that? To strive in prayer. He's saying, Paul is saying, no, to the Romans, to the Roman church, he's saying, guys, strive with me. Strive together with me. Put some effort and put some energy in pray. And he's saying, pray for me. And this is the reason. He says, strive with me and for me. Verse 31, he says, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Now, why would he put that instruction there? There's this value in prayer. There's something that he has experienced when believers get together and pray and intercede for someone else. He's experienced the fruit of that. Right? So to the Ephesian church, he says this. To the Roman church, he's saying, strive together with me. Pray. 
and not just casual prayer but he's saying some hard work some hard work be sincere strive so that i may be delivered delivered from those uh, he says those who do not believe and that my service that is ministry may be acceptable to the saints so this is serious work here right all of us if we have not stepped in here's an invitation you know for us to step in to that kind of life a life of prayer many times we you know we we want to be doers which is good right you know you're saying okay you pray i will do right um now it's two sides of the same coin now paul just didn't he didn't sit in one place he prayed he strove in prayer but he also went and did things so we have an model a pattern of ministry that we don't neglect this for the sake of the other right it's not either or is it's both and so striving in prayer philippians 1 and um, verse 19 i know we're going through a lot of scripture here but just to hit home the point that you know how important and how valuable and and how not a waste of time intercession is philippians 1 verse 19 says for i know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer saying i know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of jesus christ another verse colossians 4 and verse 2 colossians 4 um colossians 4 and verse 2 says continue earnestly in prayer being vigilant in it with thanksgiving meanwhile praying also for us that god would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of christ for which i also am i am also in chains now you know all these examples are you know ministry like he's going and he's ministering and he's saying please pray that the opportunity would be there that the door will be open pray earnestly vigilantly and being vigilant in it he says be alert so that's the kind of prayer he's asking us to pray now the same goes for any sphere of or any you know any area of life that we are in you know maybe we could be working we could be studying same goes so we could say pray for me that i i would be successful in this pray for me that you know i would see fruit in this pray for me for protection so we can pray and uh, we see that the early church indulged or stepped in to a lot of prayer the early church before the baptism of the holy spirit they were in one accord praying and we see even after that they were in one accord they were praying and they saw results they saw results like no other and acts chapter 12 talks about this particular instance where incident where peter is in prison acts chapter 12 if you want to go there herod the king the grandson of herod the great you know he's harassing people the church he kills james the brother of john and he is seized peter and he's put him in prison verse 5 says peter was therefore kept in prison but constant prayer was offered 
to God for him by the church. It wasn't just informing God, right? Many times um, we hear prayers, it's like, a, it's like on big report. That God, you know, all that has happened. No, he wasn't informing God. God knew. God knows everything. He's the all-knowing God. But there's something that is happening when we raise our requests to God. There's something that happens in the natural. There's something that happens in the spiritual realm when we pray. And constant prayer, scriptures record, scripture records it, that constant prayer was offered by the church to God while Peter was in prison. And, and something happens that night. Verse 6, now when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7, now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him and a light shone in the prison and he struck Peter on his side and raised him up saying, arise quickly and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. So he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. And Peter follows this angel. The gates open up and then Peter is free. Peter is free. His life is spared. Why? Why? There was an intervention, supernatural intervention, right there. And there was this church which was faithful in praying, praying for Peter. So Peter is set free, he goes out, and even during this difficult time, like Peter was one of the pillars, right, of the church. And he was behind prison, behind bars, and the church engaged in prayer. It says constant prayer. So they were not tired. They did not give up. They met and they prayed. So God answers prayers. You know, when we find difficult situations, when we know that people are in prison, we can pray. And our prayer is not wasted. Constant prayer. You know, we just stir ourselves up and say, Lord, the same way that you did, that you intervened here, God, we want to see your hand. We want to see your hand. And through history, we see that great moves of God, great moves of God were birthed because of people who just met and were faithful enough to pray. Great moves of God. And uh, do we need revival here in our nation, in our city? Of course we do. And great things can happen when we as believers get together to pray get together to pray. Uh, I just want to uh, narrate a couple of accounts here. Uh, one is the Moravian revival, 1727, long time ago. 1727. Let me just read this out quickly. On August 7, sorry, August 17th, 1727, the Moravian colony in Germany was overwhelmed and filled with the spirit at their communion service. The entire congregation felt a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit and felt their previous differences swept away. Their leader, 27-year-old Count Nicholas Zinzendorf, said it was like being in heaven. That month, they began a continuous prayer meeting called the Hourly Intercession, with people meeting in teams for an hour a day, sorry, an hour at a time, day and night. That non-stop prayer meeting went for 100 years. 
there followed an intense and powerful experience of renewal often described as the moravian pentecost this experience began the moravian renewal and led to the beginning of the protestant world mission movement within 25 years now this is interesting within 25 years they had sent out 200 missionaries more than all the protestants had done in two centuries in 25 years of this prayer movement starting teams getting together to pray for one hour through the day different teams would come and pray and intercede and there was a great move of god and this prayer meeting lasted for 100 years for a century amazing amazing you see they saw the value they saw that something was happening strongholds were broken the doors were opened and people were coming to know him to know the lord so evangelism missions prayer intercession they go together these are not isolated activities by themselves but it goes together another one called the layman's prayer revival this happened in new york in 1857 uh, 58 where this gentleman by name jeremiah lanfear he was a he was a layman meaning meaning he was not a full time pastor as such but he started a new noon prayer meeting for new york businessmen only six people came to the first prayer meeting september 23rd 1857 it was on the third floor of uh, an old dutch church but with time the attendance grew to about 10000 people they would meet every day 12 to 1 for prayer businessmen and they saw that people were coming to the lord the focus was very simple it was to pray for salvation of souls they would pray for salvation of family members neighbors coworkers they would name them the meeting began at 12 precisely and closed at one exactly it says here let me read it out and ex- uh, all sects are here the formal stately churchman and the impulsive methodist who cannot suppress his groan and his amen the sober substantial dutchman and the ardent congregationalist with all yankee restlessness on his face the baptist and the presbyterian joining in the same chorus and bowing and bowing at the same altar amazing just because one man said something needs to be done and i'm right raising this petition to god now i just want to share that something which happened in my own life you know there was this uh, i come from coimbatore and uh, we have this csi church there called the all souls church now two guys two engineering students from chennai they were studying in the psg college of technology two engineering students they said hey we must meet and pray now if you've seen all souls church it's in a nice area by the race course and and um, uh, and you know vast expanse of land and so on very quiet peaceful So these guys met every Saturday evening to pray. They started praying for the church, they started praying for the pastor. Now they didn't know anyone there. 
right? They were in the hostel. They came. They started praying, two of them. And soon, some of their friends joined. There were three people who came, and then there were three of them praying. There were four, five. They started praying. And then they, they went and met the pastor. The pastor was curious, you know, what were these guys doing every Saturday? So they said, Pastor, you know, we're just meeting for prayer. Can we meet on Sundays after the service? You know, in that, they, they also church has a small outhouse just behind the church building. Can we meet there for prayer? So the pastor said, fine, go ahead. So every Sunday after service, they would meet, they would pray. They started praying for the youth because these were guys who were not part of the church. In the sense, they had come from outside, Coimbatore, um, and they wanted people from church to be part of this. So they started praying for the youth. They were students. They started praying for the youth. They said, God, you must touch their lives. God, they must be saved. People are just coming and going and, uh, you know, there's nothing happening in their lives. God, visit them with salvation. And slowly, this number grew. They would spend some time just worshipping. There was no other agenda. Worship, word, prayer. And they started inviting the youth from church and saying, why don't we pray? Uh, They called it the Youth Fellowship. And these numbers grew. And, you know, those days I used to be an outstanding Christian, meaning I'm outside the church (laughs) all the time, under the trees. So I'll just... Be there and then go. So they started inviting me. They said, you know, why don't you come? I said, no, no, no. You know, the service is all that I can take. You know, I don't want more of God. So I would not go there. And once I went there and I, and I was very scared. In the sense, I couldn't understand the intensity with which they prayed. I couldn't understand the passion with which they worshipped. So I said, I'm not coming back here again. <laughs> so I, I went, you know, but they, they made a list of names of people in church whom they knew they would pray every week. They started meeting on Saturdays to pray for the Sunday Youth Fellowship. They started, you know, they started to pray for the church service uh, for various things. And Sunday they would meet, actually have a time of worship and preaching and so on. So this went on. And you know, pretty soon, they invited me for a youth camp. And I went for that camp. Nothing made sense. But just one phrase made sense. This person who was preaching, he said, you need guts to be a Christian. In my mind, religion was just a religious crutch, emotional crutch. I didn't want anything to do with it. But he said, you need to have guts to be a Christian, to make that choice to follow Christ. Sometimes the values are totally different, but you need to have guts. So only that made sense. On the way back, I remember just praying for the first time in my life, not with, you know, with articulating those words, but just in my heart, God, if you're real, Lord Jesus, if you're real, I want you to speak to me. I want you to show me. The Lord touched my heart. All because of some guys who were faithful enough to meet every week to pray. They were crazy enough to come and just invite me. And I looked very different those days. They said, okay, it's okay, you come. 
you come, you just come. And then I found myself going there. I found myself opening my heart to more of the word. I found myself on Saturdays praying for others. I found myself on Sundays attending the youth fellowship. And all because two or three gathered together and the Lord promised to be in their midst and they lifted up their voice to him. Maybe God is putting certain things in your heart to just gather and pray. To intercede. To pray for others. Can you be faithful enough to, to follow through, to carry that out? And we begin to see great things happen. Amen. For our God is a faithful God. He's a faithful one. His ears are always open to our Christ. When we pray for others, God blesses our own lives as we see in the life of Job. He prayed for his friends and God restored. It's not that we go and we pray because we want blessings, but but in the process of praying for others, you know, our own needs are met as well. Amen. So, even as we enter this week, let's make that decision. God, in small ways, I want to start. I want to start interceding for people. There's so much in the word about intercession. Paul, time and again, coming and saying, you know, you guys, you do this. I want this door to open. It'd be wonderful if we as a church prayed. You know, even as you hear about missions, even as you hear about, you know, various outreaches, if you would meet and pray. When we have these times of, um, you know, once a quarter, when we meet, we call it the secret place. We meet just for worship and prayer. And it'll be wonderful if we could get together, meet and worship and pray. Every Sunday, what time does service start? If it's 10.30, wrong answer. At 10 o'clock, we spend just 30 minutes in prayer. Just praying. Just coming before him, preparing our hearts, praying for various things for the church, for the you know, church in the city, for our city, for our nation. Just want to invite you, you know, if you can take that time to be there. And knowing that God is the one who answers. You know, when we come before him in prayer, three things, just three things that we need to remember. Because sometimes we come and we come with a lot of unbelief and so on, but, but we need to remember three things. One is that God is who he said he is. God is who he said he is. The names of God talk about his character, the nature of God. When he comes and introduces himself in the pages of the Bible, he comes and introduces himself as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom. He says, I am Jehovah Rohi. You know, he introduces himself. So he is who he says he is. Secondly, when we come before him, we remember that we are who he says we are. You know, through the week, there's so much condemnation. There's so much going on in our lives. There's so many voices in our head. And we calm all, you know, 
in a bad shape but if we would come remembering and just reminding ourselves god i am who you say i am your beloved son and daughter the one is so precious he says he who touches you touches the apple of my eye so precious that you are sons and daughters of the most high god washed by him sanctified justified we come with that confidence in all humility knowing god you did this for me you know today we took part in the communion such a wonderful time to say god you washed me you set me apart god i'm justified in your presence i come boldly to him say abba father i come boldly to you no matter what happens in life come boldly to him third thing we come in faith hebrews 11 and verse 6 that without faith we cannot please him so we come to him he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder so we come to him and say god you are all that you said you are and i am all that you say i am so i come to you with faith amen let's remember this when we pray every time maybe alone maybe with people let's remember this can we just stand up and let's spend some time praying let's spend some time interceding uh maybe there are needs in your own life um maybe there are needs in um, you know people around whom you know um as uh, i just want to request navin to come and just play on the guitar and uh, you know even as he plays we'll be just going to um we're just going to pray right just ask the lord lord what is it that you want me to pray for at this time right we're going to intercede um we're going to ask god god what is it what is it god let's 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 remember that his ears are open to our cries no let it be a cry from from your heart you know they needn't be very polished and uh, you know pr- prim and proper and you know very articulate and you know and so on no 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 just a cry from the depths of your heart say god i'm hurting or god this person is hurting i come to you god i come to you in jesus name i come to you seeking you based on what you've said in your word and say you know pray with that passion stir yourselves up this morning come on let's begin to pray just lift your voice just lift your voice spirit of god spirit of god we come oh god fill us lord fill us oh god fill us this morning god give us that passion lord give us that hunger for your presence god give us that passion to pray oh master lord give us that burden to pray oh god yes lord nothing happens oh god in your kingdom lord except lord when we pray father god yes lord we pray father god we start oh, come on just talk to him this morning just talk to him lord i come to you Lord I come to you the one who hears prayers I come to you oh God the one who never sleeps nor slumbers I come to you heavenly father as your son and as your daughter as your child the one who is beloved oh I come to you because your hands your arms are open God to receive me God You know this morning let there be no condemnation on your life maybe you've done stuff you've said stuff and the thing is still bothering you can you just put it aside cast it aside
and say, I'm here as a child of God. I'm here as one who has repented. I'm here as one who has changed his ways. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. If you would just say, God, I acknowledge my mistakes. I repent. I change. There's no condemnation. He receives you. He receives you again. He receives you again. And there's much celebration even as he receives. So go before him. Let's come before him with that confidence and say, God, here I am. Here I am. saved in our families. You know, I know that breaks our heart. That breaks our heart many times. We're going to pray for those in our own homes, maybe those in our families, extended family, who do not know God yet, who have not experienced salvation. I just want you to stir up your heart and pray like never before and say, God, intervene, God. God, let them have an experience like Saul did supernatural. Lord, visit them with dreams and visions, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yes, Lord, we pray, oh God. Lord, for our family members, oh God, who have not yet saved Master. Lord, time and again, oh God, they have refuted, they have refused, oh God, they have hardened their hearts, God. And Lord, this morning we ask, oh God, that you would soften their hearts, Master. Spirit of God, that you would soften their hearts, God. Yes, Lord, we want to see their destinies change, Master. Lord, we want to see their lives change, oh God. Yes, Lord, we want to see them in heaven, God. Lord, we want their lives to be changed, Master. Open their eyes to see you. Open their hearts, oh God, to know you, God. Lord, have your way, God. Have your way, God. Have your way, God. Oh, yes, Lord. We come against every work of the enemy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let the spiritual blindness lift in the name of Jesus. Let every stronghold be broken in the name of Jesus. Oh God, have your way. Oh God, have your way, God. Oh, show yourself strong, God. Show yourself strong on their behalf, Master. Yes, Lord, intervene, God. Intervene, God. Intervene, God. Intervene, God. 
Step into their lives, Master. Step into their lives, God. Oh, God. May they experience your love. May they experience your peace. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Master. Oh, have your way, God. Have your way, God. We wait on you. We wait on you. Lord, to move, Lord, in our families, God. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory come down. Shekinah glory come down. Here we are, standing in your presence. Here we are, standing in your presence. Shekinah glory. of us who can pray in the spirit, just go ahead and pray in the spirit, just between you and God. We wait for you. Christian or you've been coming to church all these years but you've never ever given your heart to him you've given your life to him and it's literally, literally like giving him the keys of your car and saying God you drive you drive but if you've never ever done that can I just invite you to do that saying God come in, step into my life I believe that you died for me on the cross 
I believe that you rose again for my sins. I thank you, God. If you're, if you're here this morning and if you've prayed that prayer for the first time in your life, now I'd like to, we'd like to meet with you. We'd like to give you something to help you take those first steps in God, in your journey with Him. So please don't go without meeting, right? Let's close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Now, even as you wait in his presence, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Favor, grace. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you. Breakthroughs. Let there be a way where there seems to be no way. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. Amen. 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 God bless you. Have a great week in God. Amen. We'll see you next Sunday. And uh, those of you who made that first time commitment, we'd like to meet with you. Two events coming up. Pit stop next Saturday right here in this campus and uh, don't forget that pit stop is our youth service secondly our youth camp registration is happening out there there's an early bird offer as well so right, just go to the registration desk um, if you're a first time visitor please hand in your cards at the vis uh, visitors lounge thank you God bless you We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.